All right, this is Christian Brothers Be Podcast. We've discussed black LGBT issues and topics, and I have a surprise co-host today. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> we actually, uh, with uh, his name is Robert. Say hello to the world. Robert. Hello, world. This is Robert. <laughs> and the reason why we are we have Robert here, he's actually the newly president of the Brothers Speak uh, Brothers Speak location down here in Wilton Manage, Florida. So congratulations on oh, that. Thank you. Um, but we also have a surprise guest today and are basically discussing married men coming out. And then let me just make sure I have the correct title here. I want to make sure I'm getting this correctly. Married Men Coming Out, which is actually currently available on Amazon in soft and also Kindle versions. And so we're talking to the, the author, David Christel. Hello, David. Hello. Hello, Robert. Hello. How are you? <laughs> and he actually, this is the first time I've actually heard of a book. Uh, to where it's actually talking about purely about a guide for married men. Uh, and you are absolutely correct. There is no such book or manual on the market that covers a married man going through the process of deciding to be who he really is, which is a gay-identified individual. See, and see that that makes me like, whoa, like there's a book for everything, my God, you know. But it also says this is something that's actually very good, you know. That's one of the reasons why I definitely wanted to have you on the show. So it gives people an understanding of, okay, list some of the things that helps a person come out, but also, you know, those with experience in this case, Robert has experience in this matter as well to kind of shed uh, some, some views to that and shed some light. So, um, can you also kind of give us a background in terms of who you are? You started off as a dancer, is that correct? Yes. Um, what's ironic is that I had polio as a child and who knew that I would letter in gymnastics in high school and then at age 21 moved to New York City to pursue a dance career. Wow. And that lasted 14 years and I retired when I was 32 years old. And about two weeks after I was uh, retired from the dance world, I got hired by a computer-based training company. And at that time, computers were just green text on a black background. Okay. okay. <laughs> and we have, come, we have come so far. Yes. So that was 1986. Wow. Wow. And, and, but before that, um, AIDS reared its ugly head in 1981. Back then it was called the gay cancer. Okay. And two of the very first people ever diagnosed with it lived in my building in New York. And I automatically just started taking care of them and I knew nothing about what we were dealing with. Okay. And so I went down to the Gay Men's Health Crisis Center and also the LGBT Center in New York and started learning as much as I could. And that got me rolling in, in the arena of wanting to be of service to people in a therapeutic way. Okay, okay. So, um, at, in 1992, I started working on getting a master's in counseling psychology, but after a year and a half, I got hired by a very well-known individual and started working 80 to 100 hours a week, so I, I was not able, not able to continue with my schooling, and then in 1995, I was asked by a well-known person to ghostwrite his book, and um, I've been ghostwriting books since 1995, and I've been an editor since 1986. Wow. wow. 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> this is this is kind of a turn in a career. <laughs> so you came from a dancer to dealing with computers to becoming an author, doing therapeutic work as well. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. This is something uh, very interesting here. Yeah. Now I look at some of the the um, the topics that you put in this book. I'm, well, can you shed some light on the group that you also ran during this time? I believe it's when you ran a group for nine years. Is that correct? Yes. When I was when I was attempting to get a master's in counseling psychology, I was asked by a counselor at the San Diego LGBT Center if I would be interested in taking over a group that he had been running for a year called the Married Men's Coming Out Group. And he said, you only have to do it for a year. So I agreed to do it. And six years later, <laughs> <laughs> I had been uh, facilitating that group for that amount of time. And the men in the group, there were 70 some men who came to that group, uh, were really dismayed that the only support they had was this group. There was nothing on the market to support them. There were books for the spouses of men who were coming out oh, wow. uh, to help to help the spouses, but nothing for the men themselves. So um, they kept pushing and pushing for me to write a book. And in 2009, it just started coming through me. So I sat down on my computer. I had the book title. I had the chapter titles, the subject matter all in my head, and it just came flowing out of me. And in 19 days, I had the book written. Okay, okay. Then, then began the real work of editing and all that stuff. So, wow, wow. this is now a, it's fine. Now it's finally published. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a pretty, pretty much a bit of a journey, and you've learned a lot during this time from a lot of the men who are a part of this group. It's fair to say, I'm sure. Now, oh yeah. Now, now I'm looking at some of the the chapters, some of the things that you discuss. Uh, you discuss disclosing to spouse and children. Uh, religious stance oh, yeah. on homosexuality, dealing with friends, interesting, being outed, custody issues. Uh, now, I'm thinking to myself, whoa, okay, you know, this is uh, these are some heavy topics. And then it goes on to political action, the types of gay people. Now, I do want to kind of yeah. talk about that. <laughs> uh, homophobia, dating in, future marriage issues, work challenges, HIV and AIDS, general health, and developing a greater sense of self-identity. So it tackles a lot. It is fair to say it does tackle a lot, but it does cover a good Sounds like each one of those could be a different book. <laughs> <laughs> really, you can, you know. So, I mean, the, so, I mean, the, the first... That- go ahead. Sure. Oh, to say that was the challenge with this is that I didn't want to create a huge compendium, but something that would launch an individual on their exploration and really highlight the key things that they would have to uh, deal with in the coming out process. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, what did you find the most challenging on this book to write about this book? Um, well, I would say probably the editing process because there were so many stories that could have been brought into play. And the stories that are in there are from the men who were in that group that I facilitated. And I, I really, what I really wanted to do was to uh, provide a cross-section of people's experiences so that people in the, you know, the general reading populace would have self-identify with some aspect of the book. 
they could say, oh, that's my story, or I know someone who's going through that, or it's similar enough that it gives me something to work with in my own process. Okay, okay. So you, was this also, you, did you mention any of the names of the people within the group who are disclosing their stories? I changed everybody's names to protect the innocent, so to speak. Uh, though I did get permission from each person uh, mentioned to um, make sure that they were okay with this. Okay. Uh, but some of these people, you know, I had a, quite a spectrum of people come through the group. One of the individuals is a very high-ranking Navy doctor. Oh, came wow. into the group. He, we had given him, a, he and I had decided on a, a different name for him and a different profession. So no one in the group knew his real name or what his actual profession was gotcha. because he was still active in the military. Gotcha. Uh, we had another individual who, who was a Tony Award-winning lighting designer on Broadway. Wow. wow. And, um, you know, a totally different uh, understanding of how life worked for him. And being in a profession that accepts gay people without question, and yet he was struggling intensely with his own coming out process. Now, you know, I, I, the, the question that comes to my mind, and also, Robert, you can just jump in any time you want. Mm -hmm. When it comes to this, pro when a person starts to realize something, uh, is it usually before they even get married? Well, that, that's rather interesting. The very first chapter of the book begins with a quote from one of the men of the book that uh, who was in the group that says, the, night, the day I got married, I had sex with a man that night. Wow. Okay. So now, <laughs> what when he came in for his, when he came in for his intake interview, I asked him. So, if you knew that you were experienced for men, why did you get married? And his answer was that he just said being gay was not accepted, and that he had so much family pressure to get married, have children, that he felt he had, and he's Catholic on top of it. He really felt he had no other option. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, you know, there were some people who already knew. There are some who didn't discover it. I had one guy come into the group who was in his 70s. He didn't realize he was gay until his wife was dying from cancer, and he suddenly realized he was attracted to men. Wow. Okay. Now, one would think one would have discovered this, many years earlier but he had not yes interesting that's very interesting so it just came about uh, you know I, I again I've never uh, I've um, I never actually can relate to something like that but I've heard that before I've heard that some men, some men actually never even thought about being with another man until later in their life and that come across that now, David, in the, the men that you work with in your group and that you've included in your book, are these all stories after they've come out? They've decided to actually say, okay, now I'm going to live a life as gay, or are they still struggling with it and still questioning? You know, uh, because I know, let's say, I just struggle with the difference between having being gay and being attracted to men. Because I, I do think you can 
segregate the two. You might, I believe a lot of men, um, whether they admit it or not, feel attraction to other men, but they don't consider themselves gay. Did, did you have issues with that, or, or the people that you worked with have issues with that? Well, yes. Um, we had men come into the group who were so ready to come out that they were already involved with men okay. while they were married, and most of them had children, but they felt they had a responsibility to their family, and they wanted to wait until their children were off to college or something. Okay. I did have one guy come into the group expecting their first baby, and that's when he decided to come out. Mm-hmm. Wow. It makes you wonder what's going on in terms of their timing, why they would choose that moment right. where in the midst of you know, expecting a baby. Yeah. Wow. So there was quite a, a spectrum of brought into the group and it was up to the group to discuss this amongst themselves with me just there to facilitate okay you know sometimes it got intense because we had one individual who as it was now called was on the down low couldn't decide whether he wanted to be with a man or stay with his wife Mm -hmm. because he liked it all okay Okay. And many times in the gay community, we prefer things to be one way or the other. You're either gay or you're not. Not by. Right. So that was, there were people that struggled with that in the group. They wanted things very black and white. Yes. And it's just, life is just not like that. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things, especially in the black culture. Uh, one of the reasons why they make, came up with the term men who sleep with other men is because they didn't necessarily identify themselves as gay. So that label was something that they were like, uh-uh, I'm not, I'm not carrying that label at all. Mm-hmm. But I do sleep with men every now and then. Yeah, well, because gay, especially in the black community, is almost like trying to, or feels sometimes like trying to join a community that you can't fully engage in. Because you think of gay, I mean, especially being down here in South Florida, that the gay community is predominantly white. Right. And it feels hard to say, okay, I'm going to join this community. (laughs) Well, there's, you feel like, well, there's some barriers that you can't fully join this community. Um, And, and, you know, and, and... not not a judgment it's just kind of a feeling that you don't know do i now say hey i'm part of the gay community well what does that mean but you can say oh i am attracted to other men i have a relationship with another man Uh, i mean i'm married to another man now um but are we part of the gay community I'm not sure. I mean, it's not like you graduate and go, there's a ceremony that says, okay, hey, now you're you're in the gay community. It's like, I don't I got my diploma. Yeah. <laughs> like, unbeknownst to a lot of people, we what? don't carry a card. <laughs> so, you don't know. Am I in the gay community now? Yeah, uh, so. yeah, yeah. I get I get it. Uh, David, would you, would you, I'm not sure exactly how many cultures you've actually come across in this group. Um, how, did you come across a variety of people, a variety of different cultures in this? Everything, everything you can imagine. Oh, wow. Uh, 
we we had a young man come in he was in his very early 20s when i did my intake interview with him he was scared out of his wits to be there at the lgbt center wow so and he'd only been married like two three years uh, he I talked him through a whole process of trying to understand why identified himself as being gay. And so it was a long discussion, and uh, it was getting late in the afternoon. I said, well, I'm getting hungry. How would you like to go to a restaurant called Hamburger Mary's? Crest, mm-hmm. big gay hangout. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and I said, you know what? Um, what are you mortified about? And it turns out he was scared to death of gay people. Wow. I just sat there kind of uh, shocked. I said, well, isn't it kind of ironic that you want to identify as gay and yet you're scared to death of gay people? What specifically is it that you're scared of? Right into what you were just talking about, Robert, is that, well, am I now part of a community? And what if I don't like parts of that community? And what if I just want to be gay, have a partner, and not be a part of the whole gay community? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, I can definitely see and that. And so we, we discussed all of that, and then I said, well, let's go to Hamilton Mary. So we went. And we were sitting at a table by a wall, and he, was, he could barely speak. He was shaking. He was, couldn't look at people. And in walks a, a guy in drag who's, <laughs> the way he supported the gay community was to go, go around town as a cigarette girl and hand out cigarettes, tipperillos, and condoms. So it's all about safe sex. Mm-hmm. Well, I happen to know the individual, so I called him over. Oh, now, oh my God. The, <laughs> the person I was with, <laughs> the person I was with, is over six feet tall and had the body of a linebacker. So such uh, a huge person trying to shrink in their chair and become one with the wall. Oh my <laughs> God. Oh my God. Right? He was so frightened of this drag queen. And so I introduced the two of them. He wouldn't look at her, wouldn't shake her hand, <laughs> wouldn't take any condoms. <laughs> Oh my God! Wow. You, it, the funny part about it is, now, I'll be honest with you, I can relate to that. I mean, drag queens does scare the crap out of me in the beginning. <laughs> they really did. They, <laughs> they scared the crap out of me. Wow. Well, but but I can see why he would want to do that, especially. <laughs> poor kid. <laughs> well, it, it brought up a lot of issues concerning how we identify, even with within just the gay community, because there is a a wide range of personalities and expression just as in the regular world, what we call the heterosexual world. And you either identify with aspects of it, you get involved with that, or you don't. Okay. okay. So I would say that about six months to a year later, the same individual, gay bars, he was meeting people, he wasn't afraid of anybody. But it took him a long time to come to terms with his fears and to realize that he could be a part, he'd be as much a part of the gay community as he wanted. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. So, mm-hmm. no, so I guess that was one of the reasons that inspired you to type to put in the chapter types of gay people. Yes, um, it's important because, as I said, that some of the many cases, it's true the men's group knew so little about the gay community except what they had seen in the media. Wow. Right. And as you said a minute ago, sometimes drag queens can be scary. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and scary, I would say, intimidating. Yes. Yes. Because they can be bar- larger than life. Yes, they can. And and if you're not used to that, you can be kind. Of, you can find that a rather awkward. So, David. In, in your book, and, and again, I, I really love these um, the chapters and the chapter titles here. Um, so delve a, a little bit about, um, like the second one, Religious Stance on Homosexuality. I know that was um, at least a, an issue that I had issues with when I first came out and met my partner, and I really struggled with, was this okay with God? What type of uh, what type of experiences have you run in with um, with with men questioning the religious stance on homosexuality and you know living a lie versus living in sin? Well, that is one of the biggest discussion points and most emotionally charged subjects to deal with in any man who has a Christian background or a religious background coming to terms with, uh, with their feelings and what they would like to express and then their belief system. And uh, what we try to do is help men understand that if, the, for example, if you're going to a church that does, that is not gay or feminine, then maybe you need to consider going to a church that is gay, inclusive, and affirming. Mm-hmm. Why? so that you can learn a whole different perspective and understanding of what it means to be gay and how that fits in with the uh, scriptures of your particular religious following. Right, right. So, for for instance, um, there people say that homosexuality is a sin. Well, if you actually look in the Bible, you will find not one place where it says that homosexuality is a sin. Exactly. And most people are not willing to work with that piece of information. No. <laughs> they want to support their their belief system, and many times their belief system is based on fear. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. And also so misinterpretations. I'm sorry? And also misinterpretations of certain stories mm-hmm. in the Bible, where, you know, that their particular the story that comes in to where the angels come in and the entire city comes out to rape these these men. Yeah, it's in Leviticus. In yeah. Leviticus. And, you know, instead they were offered young girls. And, you know, it's a, you know that interpretation, it does become divided in different religions. Uh, in Judaism, is different a different version than Christianity, and you know, so that particular story always seems to pop up, and I'm pretty sure you know that always alludes to that story. Maybe I'm wrong. Have you come across that a lot during this process, where that particular story was mentioned a lot during the when it comes to religion and their stance on it? Well, 
Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, the whole idea of Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah mm-hmm. and the angels yeah, it has come up many times in discussion. And again, it really comes back to what is your understanding of your religion? Is it based on love or is it based on fear? Mm-hmm. True. And, or, and is your understanding of God based on your personal relationship with God or with someone else's interpretation? Exactly. So it gets it gets very sticky. Some people who in the group got enraged. Wow. Following scripture, and it, it, that created a real confusion for people as to well, how can you say that you're now identifying as gay and yet you still support this belief system? Uh, it caused a disconnect there for, for many people, and so it. There were some tears, there were some angry words at times, and um, people really had to figure that out individually for themselves, rather than having some um, designated authority make that decision for them. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Yeah, I'm also a deacon at um, my local church here, and monthly we teach a homosexuality and in the Bible class. Um, that we get a lot of people from the community who come in. Um, you know, non judgmental, it's just more, let's just lay down the facts. This is what is in the Bible. This yep. is what it says. This is how you can interpret it, break down the Latin version and see, okay, these are the facts. Now you take that judgment and you go with it. Yep. Um, but, you know, let's, let's write some of the, the myths here. Um, you also talk about being outed in your, in your book. Um, um, share with me what it what that is about. Well, when a man, a married man, finally looks in the mirror and it says to himself, "I am gay," he then has to make that same announcement to his spouse, and if they have if the two of them have children, make that same announcement, saying his friends, neighbors, coworkers, colleagues church members, group members, whatever. And it is a generally tends to be a long drawn off process mm-hmm. because as an individual coming out, you want to have control over that process rather than someone else stepping in and making decisions about your life that you are not ready to uh, come to terms with. Right. Right. So uh, like uh, when I was in computer-based training, I am very straightforward, straightforward. <laughs> I am very upfront up with people and letting them know that I'm gay. And I don't wear it on my sleeve. I don't uh, make a thing of it. And since um, I did a lot of military work, so I was working at on a project for Top Gun. <clears throat> this is when Top Gun was north of San Diego. Okay. Up at Miramar. Um... I had the base admiral, and he wanted to dog and pony show. So I, I had 30 people in my uh, large office area working, and I had everybody be quiet, and I stepped uh, him through the dog and pony show. He wanted to see tactical and all this kind of stuff. And I gave a sideways look, and I realized my gaydar was up. <laughs> and, I, and I just, you know, 
I, that and, and for the for the because of again most of our topics deal with black LGBT the being outed part <laughs> is probably a not I'm pretty sure it's a, a huge fear across the board whatever particular culture you are but that's deadly deathly uh, a, a fear because of a lot of religious influences family etc and because of those particular things you know being outed is probably the last thing you want so what do you do you don't put yourself in situations that is even perceived to be gay you don't act gay you make sure you don't wear any colors that anything that reminds you or is somewhat placed as gay you don't want around you and especially for especially for people of black culture that's exactly one of the things that we do and especially when the DL comes about too that's why everything is very 
very hush hush. You know, a big fear is uh, regarding that. So, you know, I do want to go down to custody issues, though. Mm. And you know, to <laughs> me, that's a topic where I got to really shut up because I really have no idea in terms of what that battle is and how that child could be used as a tool mm. against and pin against the parents in some way. You know, I, I, that's why I got to have Robert here. I, I've lived it. I have, I have lived the custody issue um, scenario, and it's it's ugly. I, one, I mean, just in my personal story, the you know, some people grow up and they want to be a fireman, they want to be a policeman, they want to be a judge. Only thing I ever wanted to be when I grew up was a father. Wow. So after I lost my father when I was nine, my dream was to have a huge family. I wanted kids. And when my whole situation, I actually came out four years, almost five years before my daughter was born. Whoa. And I came out to my wife. And we still thought we would stick to get, stick it out. We would still be friends. Yeah. And I don't know, some, I think it was like a New Year's after a couple of champagnes is when she can, we conceived. And, uh, <laughs> and it was like, uh-oh. <laughs> but then after my daughter was born, it became more and more obvious to me that we couldn't stay married. We'd always been in a relationship, but we couldn't stay married. Yeah. And yes, my ex used my daughter against me viciously Um, two ways one because she didn't necessarily agree with my lifestyle yeah two because there's some preconceived notion be it true false or indifferent that gay men have more money so she believed that I had all this money. Wow, <laughs> um, wow. Okay. I had all this money and that she deserved it because I, you know, I I married her under false pretenses and I owed her big time. So, yeah, my custody wow. battle was very long, very expensive. I didn't win it. Because I basically, I mean, for a man to get custody of a woman, basically you have to prove that the mother is unfit. And she wasn't unfit. Right, right. I mean, I had my opinion about her being crazy, but but she was not on drugs. She wasn't doing anything illegal. She wasn't unfit. So, And the burden of proof is on the man, is on the father. Wow. And so... Okay. Plus, you have to think about what that does to the child. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Hey, I won. I proved your mother crazy. Come. <laughs> like that, that's not necessarily healthy for the child either. I can see that. I can so, see that. You know, but now fast forward to now my daughter's 18. She's a freshman in college, and she calls me almost every other day. Wow. And so wow. I think, okay, great. This is the relationship I always wanted with my child. Yes. I thought I'd have five or six, but I have one. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm happy with that one. But custody can't be ugly because you don't want uh, or those men out there who do want to be fathers and this is growing up because I'm in my 50s so this is not before the will and grace in the modern family right. we never thought that, that yeah. two men can actually have a kid too and that was wow. that wasn't part of my generation right, right. Um, or you know maybe it wouldn't have been so devastating Jeez. so um, I don't know David did you did you run into stories like that with the, the people that you worked work with and dealing with custody issues 
Yes, and as you can imagine, there were different scenarios that came into the group. <clears throat> the, and what we tried to impress upon members is about protecting your children on numerous levels. <clears throat> One is that they are not put in the middle between the parent and that the parents are not trying to get the children to ally with one or the other parent. That's tough. The idea is to, <laughs> it, it is very tough, but mm-hmm. the idea is to remind or to help the child remember that they are loved by both parents and that the, the divorce or impending divorce is child. Yeah. yeah I, and then, then there's this stigma that's still attached to being gay. So a child going to school and being bullied yeah. by other students and even teachers because it's now been revealed that one of the parents is gay, that can be so hard on a child. Yes, yes, yes exactly. And we have enough statistics about young people and suicide that we certainly don't want to add to that scenario. Wow. So whatever the challenges are between the adults in this situation, sometimes has to be put aside so you can support your children. Yeah. You know, I got to ask a question here. How successful have you come? How has any man has been successful in that attempt? Because I'm thinking to myself, you're talking about a woman who is heartbroken. She feels that she wasn't good enough. She's going through all these emotions, and to not involve the child in some capacity I'm trying to think is could there truly be a success story in any of this have you ever come across any particular uh, member of the group who actually did it and did it well the majority of the men did it well um, the most challenging was for uh, one individual was a famous architect and his adult children who were in their 30s closed the door on him. Mm. Wow. And they, they totally sided with their mother and they just ended their relationship with him. And he, of course, was heartbroken. Mm. Wow. And he had two children, if I remember correctly. And basically what it comes down to is giving the situation time and always as an individual keeping your heart and your mind open because you never know when you'll be given the opportunity to revisit your relationship with your children exactly exactly but most men yes there is difficulty in explaining to a child depending on their age and their understanding of life what was happening to the family. You know, that the dynamic was changing, that mommy and daddy were not going to be together anymore, and that at some point, you have to explain to your child what it means for your dad to love another man. Wow. Wow. And some kids, they don't care. Some kids, they're they're very afraid of what's going to happen to dad. Some kids are 
already know something about the gay world and they've formed a negative opinion. So, of course, they're going to challenge that about that. Right, right. So, you know, there are all sorts of scenarios that, come, that can be lived through. And it really takes being present to your spouse and your children to be considerate of what they may be going through. Yes. To help them understand, to help them understand that you yourself are going through a lot also. Right. And that this is not something you're doing to them. Right. Yeah. Right. And that the group, and there's a saying that I always gave to the men of the group is that the greatest gift you can give yourself and anyone else is the truest essence of who you are. Exactly. Right. And that's right. what got me through mine. I if figured I had to do that. For right. My if you're not doing that, then you are living a lie. Mm-hmm. And you're wearing a mask. You're living a shadow life. Yep. You're living a dualistic life. Is that truly what you? Is that truly the love that you want to give to your family? Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, I, I want to kind of go a little bit to the next section here. Political action. Yeah, I saw that one too. What, what, <laughs> what, what do you mean by that? What, why was that included? Political action. Well, if being LGBT is has become very political striving for the same rights as anyone else in this country. Okay. And there is a segment of society who really want to close us out. Yes. Who do not want us to be even some that don't even want us to be alive. There are those who want us imprisoned. Of course. Of course. Uh, So, you know, as these things are being challenged in our courts, in our government, then yes, it's become political. Really, you brought up child custody. There are some states where if you're gay, you essentially have no rights. Right, right. I guess, I guess my, my, what I was coming from is more of, well, if I'm now coming out, is that on my mind? <laughs> because I'm losing my marriage here. My marriage, my whole life is changing. Do you, did you find that in your group that they really thought about political action during this course as well to actually be involved in it more? Oh, yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Um, there, were, there were some very strident members of the group who felt that if you were not involved and you were part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That's true. That's true. Wow. Okay. That, that's pretty tough. So, <laughs> that's pretty tough. I'm, you know, the, it, so it, 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 but you know what? If it, even for a person to even talk about a subject like that during a marriage breakup or your whole restructuring of all your life, that does show where you are. Well, you're trying to figure out where you are. I guess so. You're trying to figure out how much, how many of these things that you've grown up or you believe and the beliefs that you held close to you as a married man, now you're going to... How does that adjust when you now consider yourself unmarried and gay? You have to figure out, well, where where do I fit into this? Yeah, yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. Exactly. The whole, the entire landscape changes, and you're either going to shift with it or not. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And we, as it, as most people understand, our biggest, biggest obstacles in life are our own selves. Yes. Yes. And yeah. to perceive something and interpret it really comes down to us. It's the meaning that we apply to our perceptions. And if you're going to entrench in something, are you doing that out of fear? Or are you doing that out of having really gone within and researched within yourself the truth of the situation for yourself? Gotcha, gotcha. You know, so David, one of the things I don't see on your list, or, or maybe it's not there as obvious, and, and it's in the chapters and under maybe dating again or future mes- marriage issues, I don't see sex. Did you? Ooh. <laughs> because Ooh. I mean, and, and and like I said, maybe it's it's buried under the dating again or the future marriage <laughs> issues, but the difference in getting used to. Um, your new or your 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 changing sexual role uh, because I have to say it took me a while to realize not just sexually but also in a household because now I have a husband of thirteen years that I have to think sometimes I'm not the man of the house. There's another wow. man here, so wow. his yeah. opinion counts. His Perception counts. His pleasure counts. When in a marriage, it was no, I'm the man of the house. Um, <laughs> I mean, hers counted, but that was, but my role was defined. Wow. Now in a relationship with a man, is wait a minute, does he think he has as much power as I do? Wait, hold oh, on. Yeah. Oh wait, okay. okay, we're both husbands. <laughs> wait a minute, how does this work? Um, wow. Did you run into that a lot, even sexually and, and just running a household together? Well, Robert, to answer your question, that is in the book. Mm. Ah, where? Oh, okay, okay. What's interesting is that there is a switch in your sexual identity, and first of all, you have to ask, how did I derive this sexual identity to begin with? Is it according to social and cultural conventions? Is it my religion? Okay. Is it because of just the way my family operates? Is it, you know, the dynamic within my own family? Uh, is it because of my own prejudices, because of my agenda, because of my work? So you have to ask those questions, and something that we went through for every single member of the group is we have a uh, every once in a while a session called Who Are You? Mm-hmm. And each person had to stand up one at a time and give 15 one-word descriptors as to who they were. Now this is, it wasn't describing who you are in terms of oh I'm a father, I'm a businessman, no, this is the kind of person that you are. I am compassionate, I'm loving, I'm giving, I'm serving, I'm organized, you know, that sort of stuff. You would not believe the number of men who were absolutely reduced to tears because this was the first time they were actually looking at who they were. So, of course, you take that and you apply it across the board to all aspects of your life. You know, well, who am I in this situation? Robert, as you were saying, is 
I used to be, I used to term myself the man of the house. Well, now I'm with a partner, I'm a, a husband. We both wear the pants in the house. Okay, well, then it gets into all sorts of things like, well, who's the top, who's the bottom, who's the dad, who's the wife? Mm-hmm. Wow. Are we still playing out those roles? Yeah. Wow. Who even you know, cooks and cleans? You really have to <laughs> right. go through a whole oh, wow. self-identification process. What's the dynamic that I am most comfortable working with, and why am I comfortable with that dynamic? Wow. You know that, okay. <laughs> I guess I can see now how that would, you know, I can I can also see how that would probably fall under future marriage issues sure, yeah. and also maybe greater a sense of self-identity. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. I can see where that can actually follow. Now, types of gay people. <laughs> or, What's the list? <laughs> <laughs> Just run down the list. <laughs> you have got to break this one down for me. You know, types of gay people. And, and you know what? I honestly can appreciate that chapter because if I'm coming out and I'm just being really thrusted into the gay community. I'm just saying, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. I'm now dealing with who I am. Yeah, I want to know what type of personality, what type of gay people I'm coming across. I mean, you really, do you give like a list of 32 types or what do you, What type of list do you give them in this chapter? Oh, I get a list. <laughs> because there is such a wide array of expression in the gay community, just as there is in the rest of the world. So one of the things I used to do is when we had enough new members in the group, I would take them on a gay bar crawl. Oh. Wow. Oh. And we had some specific rules. One, you had to stay with the group. Two, you were not allowed to get drunk. And three, you were not allowed to leave with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and well, so, well, that crawl was no uh, fun. I know, right? That's kind of well. <laughs> where's David? <laughs> Where'd he go? <laughs> Just blew that so, one. <laughs> in a way, you could look at this as a fact finding tour. So I would take them to different kinds of bars. The first one I take them to was, you know, the usual, just kind of a pub sort of scenario. And then we go to the back room, and there are the go-go boys up on the oh table dancing with very little along with, you know, these great packages, muscles bulging all over the place. And Sounds like the a good night guys in my group, the number of eyes that popped out of their heads, and guys going, oh, my God, I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sure. And I'm sure. So they were allowed. They were allowed to look, but not touch. And they could talk to other people that you know they were meeting there. And we would talk about the kinds of people that they could meet. There were the um, little twinks, you know, <laughs> that don't really don't have an awful lot of stares, but they're a lot of fun and they're cute. Uh, they have a lot of energy, and they dress really nice. <laughs> and compared to somebody who's going to come up to you who looks like their truck driver, and that they're going to eat you for lunch. Right. <laughs> and, you might, and you might not survive it. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. And, and so then there, there are the silver daddies. Of course. There are the bears. Yes. There are the, the wolves and sheep clothing. Uh-huh. There are the boys looking for daddies. 
on a very about full range that you're going to deal with. So that's why I went to about six bars to give these guys an understanding of the range of types of people that is. And if there was something that did not for them, they didn't have to be a part of it. So I take them to a drag show. Oh, wow. Uh, that drag yeah. stuff come back in here. Right? <laughs> this was really pushing their comfort, but so the thing about drag shows is that you're going, they got a chance to really push their comfort button and get more relaxed with the fact that these people exist, mm -hmm. that they can be a lot of fun, that they can oftentimes wear incredible costumes, mm -hmm. and that they are actually not a threat. And I think that's what was a challenge for many of the men dealing with the gay community and the different kinds of people in the gay community is what they felt threatened by. Yes. 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 And that they they would they would be roped into something that they didn't want to be a part of. And I said, No, it's all about choice. Yes, yes. You have the choice of being as involved or uninvolved as you want. Nobody's gonna force you to do anything. You know what, you're right. That's well, so, true. It's right, you're right. It's true. I mean, I can remember having panic attacks because if someone showed up like on in living color or something, or those um, Atlanta housewives, um, where they would have a gay character who shows up with persons and heels, oh, and I'd be in panic because I would think my mother yeah. or my sisters yeah. would think that that's what I do in my private time yeah. and want to keep my nephews away from me or think, wow. and and so I was scared of what was being portrayed by drag queens. That is true. Now, if I decide to go see one finals for my entertainment, but I didn't want you thinking that I was one. Well, because they don't really know that much about the community. And so that can be a fear. That mm -hmm. I can completely understand that. Now, when you you kind of go back to homophobia. Now, I can see that topic, especially you know when you're dealing with some internal conflict within yourself. Uh, so you probably still have a lot of homophobic homophobia and ideas about being gay and what you should or should not be within that community. I can see how that could be as a part of it. Did you? I'm pretty sure you came across a lot of people just drenched in fear in terms of being labeled as gay. Well, it, when I'm talking about homophobia in the book, it's about homophobia within the gay community itself. Yes. Mm. yes. So... You know, they're, oh, that's a drag queen. I hate drag queens. Or she's a lesbian. You know, I don't like lesbians. Like, wh what are you talking about? Right. Right. Um, and there are, there are people who still have not come to terms with accepting who they are. So what they do is they turn that fear and anger and, and, um, self-loathing onto other people. Yeah. Gotcha. Parts of the community that actually they don't agree with, so they attack it. True. True. That's true. I guess very true. And that, that's a real hard hard one for people within the community to face and deal with. But it's, you know, prejudice in this country has never been resolved. No. No. It's not. No, no. It's not. I mean, but then again, I mean, I think it kind of is at least a little bit to me um, it can connects a little bit to that other book the velvet rage 
you know, to where, you know, you, oh, yeah. are, it, you are basically pushed for so long against you're the last person to be chosen. You're not really thought of to go to a party. You're not really included in social things. And you're, you're pretty much kept away uh, through a lot of the heterosexual norms. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, when you come out into your own, you're doing the exact same thing that they did to you mm-hmm. coming out as an adult. So, you're right. Yeah, I, I can see definitely how that uh, that can affect. So that's a good section to include. Now, dating again. <laughs> Put some sunshine in people's lives here. Dating again. How do you address that? Well, this ties in with what Robert was bringing up in terms of the change in dynamics because the way one would dynamically work with a woman in a relationship the man again a part of it's you know social cultural in terms of how we expect men to act one way and women to act another way if you're used to being the more the, the greater authority in a relationship mm-hmm. when you get in a relationship with a man and they have that same expectation about themselves mm-hmm. well you're going to very possibly come to loggerhead mm-hmm as to who's wearing the pants, who's calling the shots. And it really comes down to communication and understanding each other's needs. The only way you're going to find that out is by talking with each other and not through accusation, but through really trying to listen and hear what the other person is saying and and put yourself in their shoes. Mm, Right. Right. And that, you know, that's a process for anybody in any kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. But dating, well, uh, it, again, it comes down to asking, asking yourself, who am I? Mm-hmm. What am I projecting out to the world? You know, what do I want to have in my life for a partnership? There were some men who came into the group. All they wanted was to sow their oats. Yeah. So we had a rule in the group you were not allowed to date anyone in the group while they were in the group. Ah. Um, okay. Because that would just cause problems. Of course, it would. Um, it would. So, you know, you could go out and date whomever. And, of course, the guys would come in and say, oh, I went out on a date, and everybody would want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they would also give it a two cents worth. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, you know, there, as, in, as in any aspect of society, there are predators. There are those who are vampires. Yes. There are those who are out to just use and abuse you. There are those who are just looking for financial stability. There are those who are looking for a true love relationship that's supported, giving, and expansive. You know, I, I'm think this is what I'm you thinking really also. Have. I'm think this is what I'm thinking also. The dating portion is probably the dating portion is probably the most difficult for several reasons also. Because if you throw in technology in the mix, you're you're coming across Grinder, Jacked, and Adam for Adam, and all these other things. It could be very very difficult, especially for a guy who's now coming into his own, who's beginning to discover his own. And to really discover the types of gay people that he's coming across during the gay scene. And do you find that a lot of people within the group 
found that to be more difficult than they actually than they actually came basically came up with the challenge and wanted to go back to their previous life. Did anyone actually discuss that before? Well, that did occur once in a while uh, because again, it comes down to uh, the different kinds of sex available out there, okay. and then understanding what kind of sex works for you. And there are those, there was one guy in the group who was really into S&M. He would sometimes show up with huge bruises. And, and that just scared the crap out of so many men. To do that, it's painful. And, you know, it's, you know, it's letting somebody take total control of you. That's what the guy was into. It worked for him. That's not for everybody. Then there are those who, you know, they just find vanilla sex. For those, that's all they're looking for is just sex. They don't even care what kind, they just want a lot of it. They don't want a relationship. They don't want a boyfriend. They don't want a husband. They're not looking for a long-term relationship. So that all these things come up with the whole dating thing. And again, it comes back to who are you and what is it that you're looking for? Mm-hmm. True. That's very that's important. It's a process that the men had to go to because... This is the first time in, for many of them, decades that they were revisiting this idea of dating and learning about another person. And the joke was, don't go on one date and then show up with a U-Haul and move in with a guy. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> you, you know, David, let me tell you something. I... I'm, I'm looking at these chapters. Of course, the next chapters go on with future marriage issues, which is a, a nice one to, to definitely discuss. Work cha- work challenges. My God, I can imagine. You know, <laughs> um, AIDS, HIV, yeah. AIDS, general general health, and developing a greater sense of identity. I actually just went on Amazon, though, David, and ordered this book because I, I was like, I really because I, I have to say I should have started out with saying thank you because you are absolutely right. Um, uh, when we started out the conversation, we were saying that there are no books like this. Yeah. Um, Because I know as I was married for 13 years to the same girl I dated since I was, well, I'd known her since we were eight. We dated since we were 16. We were married at 25. And we stayed married for 13 years before I finally came out to her. Um and I would have loved to have had a book <laughs> on, on here are all these because I had no idea. And my coming out was completely accidental. I think she actually got to, uh, no, she actually got to the point where she asked me. And I told her, ah. and I told her, if you don't ask me now, if you don't get it out now, it'll never come out. And she finally said, are you gay? And I said, yes. <laughs> and so I think to this day, if she hadn't pushed me off that cliff, yeah. I would have spent, I would probably still be married and then still be creeping, uh, you wow. know, wow. at nights and, and weekends. So, um, so I would have loved this type of reverence. So I just ordered this because not only do I want to read it, but then to help some of my 
friends that I know <laughs> who have not had this conversation yet. Yes, yes. And I've met their wives. <laughs> Ooh, oh, God. Okay. Wow, wow. Well, so I'm sent home to their wives. <laughs> so, uh, Jesus Christ. So, um, so thank you, David. This is, this is, I think this was a, um, a, a resource and a reference that's long overdue. I, I'm surprised no one has ever written yeah. or talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. This is actually very, very enlightening. It was actually, you really did touch on the topics that everybody deals with. And They're going to be dealing with I still think that each one of those chapters could be a separate book. They really probably could. I mean, I mean, one thing about it is I know that, um, you know, actually we got in touch via Twitter. I love Twitter because of that. Mm. Uh, so you actually get in touch yeah. with anybody you want. And when he actually discusses his book, I'm thinking, I got to get you on the podcast. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Well, I mean, one thing is sure, David, when it comes to well, how people can actually find the book, purchase the book, where exactly can they get it? And can you tell me a, just a little information in terms of where they can actually purchase the book? Okay. First of all, the complete title of the book is Mary Things Coming Out. The ultimate guide to becoming a man you were born to be. Mm-hmm. Wow! And you can get it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's both in Kindle and soft cover version. You can also get it Barnes and Noble for the Nook e-reader. You can also visit my website, which is www.theessentialword.com, and there's also a blog. And if you just go to the site, you'll find the blog, and you can join the conversation about Mary and coming out. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I did. I, I would. I, I really think this is a great topic and a great issue. I mean, I've now been out um, from my wife for thirteen, well, about fourteen years, um, because I've been married to my husband for thirteen years, and I still believe I have coming out issues with my wow. wife and just and my ex-wife with how we relate about our daughter. How do we talk? Um, with my family, yep. how do they accept my? Yep. Uh, so I don't think this is like you come out. You're a married man. You come out, and like I said before, you graduate. You get your right. diploma. <laughs> no, this is still ongoing. Wow. This is still ongoing. Oh yeah, dealing with people at work who it is. for last Valentine's Day, I put my husband and I's um, wedding picture in my office. Yeah, and how many people will walk in my office? And look, and then, because and I have candy dishes in my office, too. And look, and then grab a piece of chocolate and walk back out. <laughs> and, and a couple of people have said, oh, that's a nice picture. They look at me, and they walk out real quick. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can, I, it's like, how do you address that? Yeah, I can completely see that. I can completely yeah. see so that. So this is not like you do it and you stop. This this could be a guy that you need to read a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, my God. And wow. so, yeah, so thank you, David, for this. This is a... a uh, this this conversation and this this um, book. You're very welcome. Yeah. And, you know, the reason why I also, you know, even though, like, we, we talk about black LGBT issues and topics, but this is a topic that everybody, you know, can definitely relate to in some capacity in terms of just coming out. And, and not only that, but just not just being a married man, but just coming out the process this could also be a a very good helpful guide for them too so again David thank you so much on the podcast like I normally do I'm going to make sure have all the information up as in regards to where you can get the book 
who a little bit about David and also a little bit about the podcast. So uh, definitely be looking out for that. Thank you guys again. Thank you, Robert, for spending the time <laughs> to come and uh, help us help me out with this podcast. And also thank you, David, for writing such a wonderful book and also helping uh, many people as you already are. So again, we appreciate both you guys both. And this is Chris signing off at Brother Sweet Podcast. Have a wonderful day. Goodbye. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks David. Thanks, David. <laughs>